There we go. Yeah, the lights are helpful. I don't need them, but you all might. <laughs> the little girl's voice at the end at the prayer. Just so good. It's so good. Um, good morning. Hey, you're awake. It's awesome. Help me wake up, okay? Um, for those of you who don't know me, I know there's a few people here that I met already. Um, my name is Kevin Cobb, and I'm the student ministries director here. And I want to thank you, Highlands, for letting me be here. It is such a privilege to see how you allow Katie Griffin and I and the rest of the staff to go out into our community and, and what effect it has in transforming lives because Jesus, people can see Jesus in us and in you. Um, I could tell you over coffee about some great conversations I've had with some high school students at Liberty High School, the continuation school, or some students and parents that have both come to me independently and needed help to figure out how to work together, teenagers, right? <laughs> but I just want to thank you and encourage you that as you are part of this church, you are participating in big things in Paso as God uses our whole church to bless this community. So thank you. And also a plug. I hang out with middle school and high school kids. If you have middle school kids, bring them here on Wednesday nights. If you have high school kids, I'd love to see them tonight on Sunday. Enough of that. Okay. Today we begin a new series called Bless This Home. And as our staff was thinking and praying about the chaotic craziness of fall and school schedules and everything else, we felt God encouraging us to speak his truth into our families. And so in Bless This Home, that's what we want to do. We want to explore how each of us more so, how our families can receive more of God's blessing, his help and his favor in our homes. So families today, though, as I'm sure many of you can imagine, and if you don't imagine, you see it on sitcoms, we regularly experience chaos and busyness. And most of us can relate to either trying to juggle too many things or cram more hours into the 24 that we have every day. I love this picture of this family. There's actually an artist who like takes these as family photos for your wall. I don't, it's awesome. Um, so at the end of the day though, when we arrive home from juggling career and or school and our finances and marriage and relationships and trying to fit in some fun and rest time too, well, we're tired and sometimes I think we forget how the good news of Jesus actually makes a difference in our families. So that's what we're going to hopefully see as these next four weeks go on. How does Jesus answer our prayer to bless our home? And my main idea that I hope we can all come to understand is that with Jesus at the center of our families, we can and will receive God's blessings of peace joy and contentment, and so much more. And who doesn't need more of that at home? <laughs> so, and if you're currently not in a family or don't want to be because it's hard, you're not left out. If you're a teenager, I hope that you'll catch a glimpse of what a healthy family looks like or might look like as we go through this series. If you're a college student or single like me, Maybe we can learn how to live a better life with our roommates, 
our friends and those annoying neighbors in the apartment next door. (laughs) Maybe you're newlyweds or soon to be married and you don't have children yet. Maybe God will give you a picture of how to build a healthy foundation in your family before kids come. Or for all of us who are in families, um, let's get some practical advice, right? (laughs) And for the perfect family with 2.5 kids, it won't last forever. (laughs) Life will get tough and you'll need something along the way. And I could go on for empty nesters and grandparents for anyone and everyone. We all have that prayer, hopefully, for blessing in our family and home. And so we can pray that together. So, got where we're going? Cool. Pray with me as we dig into what we have today. Lord, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for each and every one of us here. God, whether we know you or not, or whether we felt like we chose to come here this morning or not, you brought us, and you have something to speak into our lives. God, so I might say some things, and these people might hear something that I don't even say. God, may it be you that speaks to each and every one of us as we need it. God, so that we would see and understand and come to experience more of your blessing on our families and in our homes. Be with us, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So it may be no shocker that I grew up in a Christian family, and both of my parents grew up in Christian families and were faithful to Jesus from childhood themselves. And common in our family, before every dinner, we always ate dinner together, One of us kids or dad or mom, like that little video, we would pray. And also every Sunday, probably more than one service, you would find us doing all sorts of stuff around church. Practically, my earliest memories are like two-year-old in nursery and stuff in church. It's funny. Anyway, um, so one of my biggest and earliest memories as a kid, though, was this thing that hung on our wall wherever we lived, whether it was in the deep south or on the east coast or even here in high school when I lived in Santa Cruz. It was like this cross stitch. And that's, I, that's not it, but I think that's almost exactly it. I don't know how patterns do that. Anyway, um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so just by having it around, I memorized it. But I always put it in the wrong storyline, and so I think I missed some of the important parts of it. And as we begin this Bless This Home series, Joshua, who said this, his potent words have so much for us today. And that's what we're going to look at. So Moses, if you remember who he is, led Israel out of Egyptian slavery and through the wilderness, hopefully to enter the promised land. But he did some things that God didn't like. And so Moses got to go to the threshold of the promised land. And God said, "Uh, okay, that's great. You've done what I've asked you to, but now I'm going to transfer leadership. And so God called Joshua to fill Moses' place and lead Israel into the promised land to conquer it and settle it as their own. And Joshua, through lots of difficulty, faith, and perseverance finally completed that work. And I tell you this because it's important to know who he is before you know what he says. We find Joshua, when he's saying this last speech, 
um, at the end of his life, he has accomplished his mission of bringing Israel into the promised land. And if you want to do some reading on your own, check out the book of Joshua, chapters 22 through 24 for the whole picture. But this speech that we're going to look at, his State of the Israel Union address, uh, Joshua reminds Israel, first and foremost, hey, remember all that God has done for you. And then he says these famous words. So let's look at what he has to say. You'll catch the tail end of how he's reminding his people right here in verse 13. Joshua 24, 13 following. So God gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built. That's a lot of work saved. And you now dwell in them. You eat the fruit of the vineyards and the olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether it's the God of your forefathers, I mean the God that your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. So two big ideas that I want us to get a hold of today. First, God has already blessed you and your family. Second, you get to choose what or who you and your family will serve. I'll repeat those. First, God has already blessed you and your family. And second, you choose what you and what or who you and your family will serve. So if I were to have read the whole story of Joshua's last speech, you would catch that huge and beautiful story that he does in reminding Israel of all that God has done. Joshua reminded Israel that God has blessed them beyond what they could have ever imagined so abundantly. And that was before they ever did anything for God, before they chose to serve him. You see, Israel or Joshua, they didn't earn God's blessing by following rules and religious celebrations. Before Israel ever followed God, God had already chosen them as his people and chosen to bless them. The same is true for us and our families. Before we choose to follow God, he has already chosen to bless us. And maybe you don't see that right now. Maybe you can't see that if you look at your past. But here are just a few glimpses of what that might look like. Are you alive today? Who gave you the breath? God, exactly. That's a blessing, hopefully. <laughs> Have you enjoyed a sunrise or a sunset over the ocean? Have you laughed with friends and family? Have you ever been moved by a beautiful piece of art or music? Those are blessings that you didn't earn, but that God gave to you. Have you ever loved someone deeply or been loved by someone deeply? Again, a blessing that God gave you. 
Have you ever hit all green lights on your way to work? (laughs) Thanks again, Ben. That's a real blessing for sure. So let's start and do away with what this culture tells us about blessing and replace it with God's truth. We don't earn blessing. No. Following God even doesn't guarantee that we'll be blessed the way that we want either. Instead, he wants us to recognize that he has already blessed us. And he's blessed us abundantly. Personally, And in our families. Even when we can't see it. Even when we face difficult and painful times. He has and continues to bless us. So let's look back at verse 15 again. Joshua says it. So if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord. In other words, you've got a better choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the God's. Your father served in the region beyond the river way, way back, like in the Garden of Eden and Noah and all of that, or the gods of the Amorites and who's the land you dwell now, like our world that we live in now. It's your choice. But as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. So yes, the first idea, God has already blessed you and me and our families. Whether we know him or not, whether we chose to follow him or not, but he still leaves us with a choice. What are we going to do when we recognize that he's blessed us? You have a choice. What or who will you serve? Will we choose to put Jesus at the center of our lives and our families? Or will we choose to put something else or someone else there? We have this choice. We make it every day. Sometimes we make it almost every moment as to who or what we'll serve. And a choice to love and serve God is actually a choice to be grateful and thank God for his blessing. It's also a choice to trust that God is good and that he has our best and our family's best at his heart. We have to trust, though, that his ways are better than what we can come up with. And that can be very difficult. We have a choice to put Jesus at the center or put something else there. I encourage you to follow Joshua and put Jesus. Choose to love and serve him first and foremost. So what does this look like for families today? To put Jesus at the center Let me get specific by talking to two plus groups of us in the room. First, I'm going to talk to us men. Even so, more than that, specifically I'll get into fathers and husbands. And if you're single like me, don't worry. We can still learn something. And ladies, I'm coming for you next. So in the beginning, God designed men and women to be equal and complementary to one another. And in God's wisdom, he designed marriages and families with a unique balance of authority and responsibility between the man and the woman. And men, God has charged us with the authority and the responsibility of leadership in our families. He calls us 
to lead. God calls us to lead ourselves closer to him and to lead our spouses closer to him and to lead our children closer to him. Most importantly, men, God calls us to lead like Christ did with humility and wisdom and self-sacrifice even to the point of death. So men, how are you doing at that? How are you leading your family? And who are you leading them toward? Joshua recognized God's blessing. And because of it, he was filled with gratitude. And that's what drove him to lead his people towards God. And he probably didn't do it every day just perfectly. Thankfully, God empowered him along the way, I'm sure, and gave him grace and forgiveness along the way when he wasn't all the way there. But because of his faithful leadership towards God, Israel, for the entire next generation, followed and served hard after God. Men, we are called to give our lives up to lead our family into God's blessing. And the best way to do that really is to put Jesus at the center. So men, will you choose to put Jesus first and foremost Not your career, not your net worth, not your physical strength or intellectual prowess, not your perfect family. Will you choose to serve Jesus above all? Husbands, will you lead your wife towards Jesus instead of whatever the two of you think is the perfect family or marriage? Will you serve her by giving yourself up for her like Jesus did? For both of you. Fathers and grandfathers and uncles and anyone else who has influence on the next generation, <laughs> will you guide your children, your nephews and nieces, to be the people that God made them to be, not the people that you want them to be? Sometimes they overlap, but not always. And single guys like me, Let's lead our friendships and our dating relationships in God-honoring ways instead of for our own personal pleasure and gain. And let's help other people live in grace and walk in love. So men, let's choose today to love and serve the one true God above all else. And with humility and selflessness, lead our families and those around us to do the same. Amen? Okay. Ladies. No. (laughs) God knew that us men can be myopic or short-sighted and insecure. So God charged you ladies with keeping us in line. Yeah. (laughs) You women are called to be our equal helpers. So speak up. We need your insight and wisdom. Though we don't always like it. But share your wisdom with encouragement and trusting that we are trying to make the best decisions as we lead. And so as we work together as men and women towards a direction or decision for our relationship, our marriage, our families, support us as we do our best to follow Jesus. So women, will you choose to put Jesus at the center instead of your desire for security or affirmation 
or something else? Will you choose to serve Jesus and therefore serve your husband? Wives, will you choose to help your husband create a home where Jesus is at the core? And, or will you undermine him by, I don't know, however, maybe even the simple thing of, I told you so, honey. <sighs> Mothers, grandmothers, will you guide the next generation towards God and who he made them to be? not, again, who you wish or want them to be. And single women, will you serve others and therefore serve God by steering your conversations and friendships and relationships towards God's best instead of towards what you need? Will you follow him and trust that he can and will fulfill the desires of your heart in his time? So who will you put at the center of your life? Who will you put at the center of your family, of your home? Let's choose to keep Christ at the center. And as we seek and follow the one who gave his life for us, we'll gain blessings that we can't have any other way. Blessings like a perfect father who wants our best always. Blessings like a brother named Jesus, which is an incredible thought, who relates with us in every circumstance because he was God Almighty, but he became flesh. And the blessing and the promise of the Holy Spirit and his power working in our lives so that even when we can't lead, he will lead us towards Jesus in that process still as well as the fruits of love, joy, and peace, and the list that goes on that he gives us. So we're going to celebrate communion together in a moment. Maybe the ultimate blessing that we have, Christ for us, so that we might have eternity with him. Let's remember all that he's blessed us with and be grateful and choose to put him at the center of our families. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have blessed us. God, we have breath today. We have life. God, we have relationship with you and with family and friends. God, would you remind us of how good you truly are, God, and of your power so that when we face dark times as well, we can still trust and follow and serve you. God, for us men, would you give us courage and give us gentleness as we seek to serve you and put you at the center of our family life, encouraging our wife and our kids and everyone else to view you as the most important thing. God, and for all of us, for the women as well, I pray that you would help us to come alongside and know the balance of wisdom and truth and encouragement as we speak and support the men in our lives. God, not that we're subservient, but that we are equal, just different in your balance of the family. God, and out of all of this, encourage and remind us that it's only by your work in our lives 
by us trusting in you that any of this is actually ever accomplished. And it's all because you have loved us first. God, so bless our homes. Help us to bless you in return. In Jesus' name, amen.